Pendant Productions proudly presents Comedy of Errors Written by William Shakespeare Act 1 Proceed, Salinas, to procure my fall, and by the doom of death in woes and all. Merchant of Syracuse, plead no more. I'm not partial to infringe our laws. The enmity and discord which have late sprung from the rancorous outrage of your duke to merchants, our well-dealing countrymen, who wanting guilders to redeem their lives have sealed his rigorous statutes with their bloods, excludes all pity from our threatening looks. For, since the mortal and intestine jars twixt thy seditious countrymen and us, it hath in solemn synods been decreed both by the Syracusans and ourselves to admit no traffic to our adverse towns. Nay more, if any born at Ephesus be seen at any Syracusan marts and fairs, again, if any Syracusan born comes to the Bay of Ephesus, he dies, his goods confiscate to the duke's dispose, unless a thousand marks be levied to quit the penalty and to ransom him. Thy substance, valued at the highest rate, cannot amount unto a hundred marks. Therefore, by law, thou art condemned to die. Yet this my comfort. When your words are done, my woes end likewise with the evening sun. Well, Syracusan, say in brief the cause why thou departst from thy native home, and for what cause thou camest to Ephesus. A heavier task could not have been imposed than I to speak my griefs unspeakable. Yet, that the world may witness that my end was wrought by nature, not by vile offense, I'll utter what my sorrows give me leave. In Syracusa was I born, and wed unto a woman, happy but for me, and by me had not our hap been bad. With her I lived in joy. Our wealth increased by prosperous voyages I often made to Epidamnum, till my factor's death and the great care of goods at random left drew me from kind embracements of my spouse from whom my absence was not six months old before herself, almost at fainting under the pleasing punishment that women bear, had made provision for following me, and soon and safe arrived where I was. There she had not been long, which she became a joyful mother of two goodly sons, and which was strange, the one so like the other, as could not be distinguished but by names. That very hour, and in the selfsame inn, a meaner woman was delivered of such a burden, male twins, both alike. Those, for their parents were exceeding poor, I bought and brought up to attend my sons. My wife, not meanly proud of two such boys, made daily motions for our home return. Unwilling, I agreed. Alas, too soon we came aboard. A league from Epidamnum had we sailed before the always wind obeying deep gave any tragic insistence of our harm. But longer did we not retain much hope. For what obscured light the heavens did grant did but convey unto our fearful minds a doubtful warrant of immediate death, which though myself would gladly have embraced, yet the incessant weepings of my wife, weeping before for what she saw must come, and piteous plainings of the pretty babes that mourn for fashion, ignorant what to fear, forced me to seek delays for them and me. 
and this it was, for other means was none, the sailors sought for safety by our boat, and left the ship, then sinking ripe, to us. My wife, more careful for the latter-born, had fastened him unto a small spare mast, such as seafaring men provide for storms. To him one of the other twins was bound, whilst I had been like heedful of the other. The children, thus disposed, my wife and I, fixing our eyes on whom our care was fixed, fastened ourselves at either end the mast, and floating straight, obedient to the stream, was carried towards Corinth, as we thought. At length the sun, gazing upon the earth, dispersed those vapors that offended us, and by the benefit of his wished light the seas waxed calm, and we discovered two ships from far making amain to us, of Corinth that, of Epidarius this. But ere they came, oh, let me say no more, gather the sequel from that went before. Nay, forward, old man, do not break off so, for we may pity. Though not pardon thee. Oh, had the gods done so, I had not now worthily termed them merciless to us. For ere the ships could meet by twice five leagues, we were encountered by a mighty rock, which being violently borne upon, our helpful ship was splitted in the midst, so that in this unjust divorce of us, fortune had left to both of us alike what to delight in, what to sorrow for. Her part, poor soul, seeming as burdened with lesser weight, but not with lesser woe, was carried with more speed before the wind, and in our sight they three were taken up by fishermen of Corinth, as we thought. At length another ship had seized on us, and knowing whom it was their hap to save, gave helpful welcome to their shipwrecked guests, and would have reft the fishers of their prey, had not their bark been very slow of sail, and therefore homeward did they bend their course. Thus have you heard me severed from my bliss, that by misfortunes was my life prolonged to tell sad stories of my own mishaps. And for the sake of them thou sorrowest for, do me the favor to dilate at full what hath befallen of them and thee till now. My youngest boy, and yet my eldest care, at eighteen years became inquisitive after his brother, and importuned me that his attendant, so his case was like, reft of his brother, but retained his name, might bear him company in the quest of him, whom whilst I labored of a love to see, I hazarded the loss of whom I loved. Five summers have I spent in furthest Greece, roaming clean through the bounds of Asia, and coasting homeward came to Ephesus. Hopeless to find, yet loath to leave unsought, or that or any place that harbors men, but here must end the story of my life, and happy were I in my timely death, could all my travels warrant me they live. Hapless Aegean, whom the fates have marked to bear the extremity of dire mishap. Now, trust me, were it not against our laws, against my crown, my oath, my dignity, which princes would they, may not disannul, my soul would sue as advocate for thee. But, though thou art a judge to the death, and passed sentence may not be recalled but to our honor's great disparagement, yet I will favor thee in what I can. Therefore, merchant, I'll limit thee this day to seek thy life by beneficial help. Try all the friends thou hast in Ephesus. Beg thou, or borrow, to make up the sum and live. If no, then thou art doomed to die. Jailer, take him to thy custody. I will, my lord. 
Hopeless and helpless doth Aegean win, but to procrastinate his lifeless end. Therefore, give out that you are of Epidamnum, lest that your goods too soon be confiscated. This very day, a Syracusan merchant is apprehended for arrival here, and not being able to buy his life according to the statute of the town, dies ere the weary sunset in the west. There is your money that I had to keep. Go bear it to the centaur where we host, and stay there, Dromeo, till I come to thee. Within this hour it will be dinner time. Till that, I'll view the manners of the town, peruse the traders, gaze upon the buildings, and then return and sleep within mine end, for with long travel I am stiff and weary. Get thee away. Many a man would take you at your word and go indeed, having so good a mean. A trusty villain, sir, that very oft, when I am dull with care and melancholy, Lightens my humor with his merry jests. What, will you walk with me about the town and then go to my inn and dine with me? Ah, oh, I am invited, sir, to certain merchants of whom I hope to make much benefit. I crave your pardon. Soon at five o'clock, please you. I'll meet with you upon the mart and afterward consort you till bedtime. My present business calls me from you now. Farewell till then. I will go lose myself and wander up and down to view the city. Sir, I commend you to your own content. He that commends me to mine own content commends me to the thing I cannot get. Out of the world I'm like a drop of water that in the ocean seeks another drop, who, falling there to find his fellow forth, unseen, inquisitive, confounds himself. So I, to find a mother and a brother in quest of them, unhappy, lose myself. Here comes the almanac of my true date. What now? How chance thou art returned so soon? Returned so soon? Rather approach too late. The capon burns. The pig falls from the spit. The clock hath struck twelve upon the bell. My mistress hath made it one upon my cheek. She is so hot because the meat is cold. The meat is cold because you come not home. You come not home because you have no stomach. You have no stomach, haven't broke your fast. But we that know what tis to fast and pray are penitent for your default today. Stop in your wind, sir. T tell me this, I pray. Where have you left the money that I gave you? Oh, sixpence that I had a Wednesday last to pay the saddler for my mistress crupper? The saddler had it, sir. I kept it not. I am not in a sportive humor now. 
Tell me and dally not, where is the money? We being strangers here, how darest thou trust so great a charge from thine own custody? I pray to you, heir, as you sit at dinner. I from my mistress come to you in post. If I return, I shall be post indeed, for she will score your fault onto my pate. Methinks your maw, like mine, should be your clock and strike you home without a messenger. Come, Dromeo, come. These jests are out of season. Reserve them till a merrier hour than this. Where is the gold I gave in charge to thee? To me, sir? Why, you gave no gold to me. <laughs> Come on, sir knave. Have done your foolishness and tell me how thou hast disposed thy charge. My charge was but to fetch you from the mart home to your house, the Phoenix, sir, to dinner. My mistress and her sister stays for you. In what safe place? You have bestowed my money, or I shall break that merry sconce of yours that stands on tricks when I am undisposed. Where is the thousand marks thou hadst to me? I have some marks of yours upon my pate, some of my mistress marks upon my shoulders, but not a thousand marks between you both. If I should pay your worship those again, perchance you will not bear them patiently. Th thy mistress's marks? What mistress slave hast thou? Your worship's wife, my mistress at the Phoenix. She that doth fast till you come home to dinner and prays that you will hie you home to dinner. What? Will thou flout me thus under my face, being for bed? Uh, there, take you that, sir knave. Uh, what mean you, sir? For, for, for God's sake, hold your hands. Nay, and, and you will not, sir. I'll take my heels. But upon my life, but by, by, by some device or other, the villain is or wrought or wrought of all my money. Panda Shakespeare, also known as The Wild Bill Variety Show. Comedy of Errors, Act 1. Featuring the voice talents of Chris Pyle as Asian, Pete Milan as Antiphilus of Syracuse, Christopher Gilstrap as Dromeo of Ephesus, Hal Wideman as Duke Salinas, Anna Jane Condell as the First Merchant. Mindy Rast Keenan as Dromeo of Syracuse, and Colin Kelly as the Gowler. Written by William Shakespeare. Adapted for audio by Colin Kelly. Directed by Landon Bell. Assistant Director Swen Halverson. Music by Landon Bell of SoundCloud.com slash Landon Bell. L-A-N-D-O-N-B-E-A-L-L. -L. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2015, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.
next time on The Pendant Shakespeare. Neither my husband nor the slave returned, that in such haste I sent to seek his master. Sure, Luciana, it is two o'clock. Perhaps some merchant hath invited him, and from the mart he's somewhere gone to dinner. Good sister, let us dine and never fret. A man is master of his liberty. Time is their master, and when they see time, they'll go or come. If so, be patient, sister. Oh, say, is your tardy master now at hand? Nay, he's at two hands with me, and that my two ears can witness. Say, didst thou speak with him? Knowest thou his mind? Why, mistress, sure my master is horn mad. Horn mad? Thou villain! Frustration fosters fun. Self-harming jealousy. Fie. Beat it hence. Only at PendantAudio.com